Now for this message tonight, I'm going to try to abbreviate it a little bit because of the rain. But in the 17th chapter of Luke's Gospel, I just want to take three words. Three words of Jesus. One of the shortest sentences in the Bible. Three words. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Isn't that a strange thing for Jesus to say? And he would say that to you today. Remember Lot's wife. Because you see, Lot was the nephew of Abraham. He lived in Sodom, the most wicked city in the world at that time, I suppose, and its sister city of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. And today their names stand for wickedness and perversion and sin of the worst sort. Now Abraham was a very wealthy man. The Bible doesn't say that it's wrong to be wealthy. Some people have an idea that it's wrong or sinful to have wealth, but it's not if you got it, if you got it honestly or inherited it. And Abraham was a rich man. He traveled throughout the Middle East. He traveled across Iraq and he came to a land called Canaan. And there God had promised him great riches and promised him that that land would be his. And he had a nephew by the name of Lot. And they had so many cattle, so many sheep, so many servants, so many soldiers under them, that those fellows began to fight each other. And Abraham said, we're going to have to separate. And Lot, even though you're my nephew and we're in the same family, you go one way and I'll go the other because our herdsmen and our men are going to start fighting each other. So Lot went to his tent to decide where he would go. And he looked down and he saw the well-watered plain of the Jordan. And then his children came to him and said, Father, let's go down to Sodom. They have beautiful nightlife down there. And everybody's well-to-do down there. They have a good time. They have all the bright lights. And that's where we'd like to go. So Abraham let Lot make the choice. And he chose and he pitched his tent, the Bible says, towards Sodom. Now what kind of a city was Sodom? Sodom was a combination of Wall Street, Las Vegas, Soho, the Reaper Bomb of Hem in Hamburg, the red light district of Amsterdam. It was a combination of all that. And let's listen to what Ezekiel had to say about it. Ezekiel said in the 16th chapter, Behold, this was the iniquity of Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, gluttony, too much to eat, the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. She neglected the poor. She ne the city neglected the poor and the homeless. They neglected the starving people. And they were haughty, they were proud. And they committed abomination before me, says God. And Jesus tells us in Luke the 17th chapter, as it was in the days of Lot, 
They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Judgment came because God is not going to tolerate that kind of living very long. And judgment will come. And judgment has fallen upon many nations through history that live that way. And I think that we in America, in some of our cities at least, are in danger. The scripture says, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is going to come back again. And we, sit, we read it in our creeds. Your church believes it. And then Sodom was guilty of all kinds of sinful pleasures. And we've become saturated. Television today brings into our homes things that we would have never thought of 50 years ago. I wasn't allowed to even think the things that you see every day on television and gradually it's like the frog. You take a frog and put him in hot water and he'll jump out. But you can put him in cool water and gradually heat it and he'll fry. And that's what the devil is doing to us today. We're tolerating this and tolerating that and tolerating the other and after a while you can't tell much difference between the world and the church. And we're, to put, we're called upon to be a separate people. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Now this was one of the sins of Sodom. The triumphing of the wicked, though the Bible says, is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment. In Proverbs 14, the scripture says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. And then the people of Sodom were too busy for God. They were like the rich man that Jesus told about in Luke the 12th chapter. He looked out over his barns and all of his property, and he said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And then there was a voice heard from heaven that said, Thou fool, this night is thy soul required of thee. He grabbed his chest and he died right there. He was talking to his soul and saying that he had enough protection, but he didn't. And then Sodom was known for its sex perversion. I haven't spoken about sex since I've been here. And I don't want to talk about it now, especially. I don't particularly like to talk on that subject, but it needs to be talked about. One of the last directions that a nation takes before judgment comes, usually, and it's usually found in affluent societies, is sex perversion. And my, the perversions that we read about in our newspapers and see on the television or see reported on the television are unbelievable. I cannot believe that some people live like that, but they do. And it affects the whole community and it affects the whole nation. And God's judgment is going to be upon people, not only those people, but upon the whole city and the whole nation, unless they repent and turn to God in time. Now Lot lived in the middle of all that. 
He had one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world because it says he was unhappy. He was vexed. He was miserable living in the midst of all this filth and dirt. And many of you too have had a Christian heritage. Your parents were Christians. You learned from the Bible in school. You are now a young person or a man of the world or a woman of the world. But you're never really happy. Deep down inside you're searching for something and you haven't found it. You're searching for a purpose and a meaning in your life. You haven't found the happiness that you thought there was going to be if you've got that money or if you've got that inheritance or if you got married. Something missing in your life. What is it? It's your relationship to God. You were made in the image of God. And you are made for fellowship with God. But something happened to that fellowship. It was broken. It was broken by sin. And the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all separated from God. We're all sinners and we're all under condemnation and we're all under the judgment. We're facing the judgment. Something's missing in your life. You might even have a sense of guilt. People no longer believe in what I'm talking about so much. Many people don't. Not too many preachers preach about it. Je Jeremiah wept over Jerusalem because he saw judgment coming. Jesus wept over Jerusalem 700 years later. I love you. I want to see your sins forgiven. I want to see you go to heaven. I sent my son to die on the cross and shed his blood for you because I love you. But Sodom would not repent. And God warned Sodom. And he told Abraham that he was going to destroy Sodom. And Abraham said, well, Lord, if we could find 50 righteous people in Sodom, would you spare it? The Lord said, yes, I would. And he kept bargaining with the Lord till they came down to 10. Said, if we found even 10 people that lived for you, would you spare Sodom? He said, yes, I would spare it even for 10. But they couldn't find 10 people that lived for God in all of Sodom. So God sent two messengers to warn the city and to get Lot out. And Lot's son-in-laws laughed. Even Lot's wife didn't believe. But Lot believed. The messenger warned as he took them out of the city. He said, we better get out of the city. The judgment's coming. And then the messenger said, the angel said, don't look back. Let's go forward to Zor, the city of refuge, the city that God has allowed. And he said he won't destroy that city and you'll be safe. But Lot's wife thought about all the parties that she'd had and all the nice dresses that she had hanging in the closet and all the things that they had to leave behind and she couldn't help it. She looked back and she was turned into a pillar of stone. And that was God's judgment upon her. The wrath of God was poured out on Sodom and also Lot's wife. And Jesus said, Jesus said, think of it, he said, remember Lot's wife. There are other reasons, remember. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? But remember this, she was the wife of Abraham's nephew. She'd been reared in Abraham's tent. She'd heard many times about faith in God and the love of God. How many times she'd seen the power of God demonstrated. 
to whom much is given, much is required. And then secondly, remember what a wrong marriage can do. You see, she was a Canaanite. She was one of the tribes God had forbidden the people to marry. But Lot had married into the tribe of the Canaans, Canaanites. And many men and women have been destroyed by marrying the wrong person who influenced them in the wrong way. Be sure when you get married that you marry God's man or God's woman because God has the perfect one set aside for you. But if you, if you don't come to Christ and don't know him, there's no way you can find him. You might accidentally meet. But it's a wonderful thing to be married in the will of God. And then, remember Lot's wife, remember her sin. It seems such a small sin, but it represented something far deeper. It represented unbelief over a period of time. It represented rebellion against God on many occasions. God in his mercy was giving her another chance. Look not behind thee, the scripture said, but she did. God loved her. God loved Lot's wife like he loves you. And God gave his son on the cross for you. We're all sinners. We're all under judgment. But God gave his son who shed his blood on the cross. And when he bowed his head and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me in that terrible, mysterious moment? God laid on him the sins of us all. But remember also that she was almost saved. She was at the gate of the city that would save her. Just a few more steps. Almost there. You've come to this meeting tonight. You're almost there. God has spoken to you. There's a little voice inside that's speaking to you now and saying you need Christ, you need God. You need a new relationship with Him. I know He loves me. And you need to surrender to Him tonight. And remember that she was offered salvation. And Christ is, in the, is the place of safety and refuge for us. God's wrath was poured out on Christ at the cross as God's wrath was poured out upon Sodom. So it came on Christ. And we're safe in him only and remember also that God never judges without warning I remember we had a an explosion in America at St. Helens out in the west coast there was as much power in it as two or three atomic bombs it blew off the top of one of our greatest mountains and the scientists had been predicting it for a long time and there was a man that lived on the side of that mountain by the name of Harry Truman. No relation to the former president. And they would have Harry Truman on television day after day and he would say, oh, I'm not afraid, I've been here all these years, it's not going to happen. But one day it did happen and Harry Truman was buried in an avalanche of molten rock. And that was all on television, we could see it. Yes, God's judgment is certain, but his love is also there. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to change you. He wants to make you a new person. And remember when God warns, there's a danger in delay. 
constantly throughout the Bible we are warned judgment is coming prepare to meet God he that hardened his heart being often reproved shall suddenly be cut off and that without remedy and remember that the judgment was strange and it was sudden tonight before you get home the judgment may fall upon you because you see you are separated from God you're already under condemnation when you stand at the judgment the great judgment day you'll be sentenced but you see for people like me and people like thousands that are in this great stadium the judgment is past Christ took it that's how much he loved us and as he was on that cross he could think of you and he said I love her I love him I'm dying for him and he knows all about you and he's willing to forgive every sin you've ever committed there are three things that you have to do God has done it all because he raised him from the dead and Christ is alive he's not a dead Christ still hanging on a cross he's alive and he's coming back again someday first you must repent of your sin you say well how do you do that what does it mean repentance means that you change your way of living but you can't do it you've tried no you can't do it but with God's help you can because he'll help you to repent he'll help you to change you change your mind you change your the direction of your life you change your attitudes you change your dispositions you change the whole thing and God helps you to change and then the second thing you come by faith simple faith you don't understand it all you don't have to I don't understand all about the Bible but I come by faith and accept it as the Word of God and I accept Christ by faith and when I receive him by faith it's more than just believing with my head it's committing my life and my heart and my all to him as my only Lord and Savior I'm not going to go in another direction I'm going to go only with Christ